The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kurt, and welcome back to Farlands or Bust. This is episode 669. Nice. That's what I'd say, Wolfie. That's what I would say indeed. As we secure the last episode's hidey hole, grab this wolf, this this noodle of ours. Get rid of these feathers of ours that I don't know where we came from. But did we kill a zombie in the last episode? I think we did. Maybe we did. Zombies drop feathers, don't you know? Uh, and yeah, let's uh, continue on. Continue west here in Farlands or Bust in Minecraft Beta 1.7.3. Woof woof. This is uh, once again an episode recorded live before a Twitch audience here. This is being recorded on Saturday, the 30th of December, for the episode that will come out, like I said, episode 669, on Sunday, December 31st, 2017, the final day, the final day of 2017. Ooh, look at this kind of natural ravine sort of situation here before they added actual ravines to to the video game. Neat stuff. You know what? <laughs> I I thought that this was going to be the case, wasn't it? Um, un momento, just un un moments. Boink. Okay, that's actually still too fast. I I I vaguely remember fixing something in a different video game about like my mouse sensitivity, and I thought. But any, we've we've been dealing with sensitive problems, <laughs> sensitive to sensitive, uh, in in Minecraft here and in other video games. I don't know. I haven't done anything wrong or weird. Uh, the only thing I could imagine is the fact that I'm running Logitech software for my keyboard and webcam, but I'm running a Corsair mouse. I don't know if they're fighting with each other or or what or, or Windows. It's being all weird, but uh, regardless, regardless, this is distracting us from the true point that this is the last episode of Farlands or Bust for episode, for episode 2017. No, for a year, the year of 2017, and quite a year it was indeed. So we're going to do a little bit of a recap, but yeah, 2017 indeed. Do I need coal? Might as well, might as well grab some coal. Uh, as far as Farlands or Bust is concerned, it's been a weird year. An unusual seventh season of the series. Quite sporadic, I know, in the episode releasings. Uh, and also completely without our charity goal. I've had some distractions, <laughs> what with moving across the country and such. Um, but also we've been focusing a lot more on Twitch streaming because, as we know, 2017 is 
is the year the YouTube died <laughs> for all uh, incense and porpoises. But uh, yeah, there's been a lot of that going on, but I, I assure you indeed that uh, 2018, maybe not episode 670, maybe episode 671 is where I will introduce the new Farlangerbust charity and charity goal. And then that'll be like an easy way to count from episode 671. Because it's a nice round number, don't you know? Uh, from episode 671 onward, it should be maybe a little bit easier to get to. But I, I assure you that's still going to be a priority of mine. Uh, as well as Farlands or Bust being a priority of mine. I know not much else has been going up on the YouTube channel except Farlands or Bust. Uh, and and like I said, I think I've said this many times in the distant past, that if all else fails, and and the only content left on my YouTube channel is is Farlands or Bust, then then that's that's what's going to be my focus. Um, I'm not saying all else is failing. Uh, all else is actually working quite well here on the Twitches and uh, various other means of. Your your Kurt J Mac video game content. I'm I'm very happy with where things have gone here. Patreon threw us a little bit of a curveball here at the end, but uh, we're we're working around that and things are moving forward. But uh, but yeah, Farlands are busts indeed, right, Wolfie? Okay, not the sentimental type. Um, so let's continue on. I was gone for the week, went back to Chicago, in Chicagoland, to visit with uh, my immediate family for the holiday. Of course, I saw, saw Goober, Goober and uh, my other nephew. Got two nephews now, and uh, whoo, boy howdy, they're a handful. <laughs> oh man, but I did... Uh, like like a good uncle, I did give them a proper schooling in the Mario Kart. <laughs> I suppose if there's any game I play away from recording or streaming, it would be on my nephew's uh, Nintendo, as they like to play Mario Kart. And and I know those drift skills. I know them. Mad drift skills with the motion controls. <laughs> Uh, but beside that, yep, Goober, Goober, still, still the Goober, still the Goober, that that he is, and uh, now has a, a partner in crime, and and a partner in disagreeing with all the time. Anyway, but yeah, did some family stuff, hung out in the city uh, with uh, my sister who lives like in the actual city downtown. So I was good. Had had my my Luminati's made time to have some Luminati's pizza, gluten free, but it still still counts and it was still very very good. Mmm, Luminati's pizza. <laughs> so yeah, did the did the basic thing. It felt very quick. Um, but then again, whoa, hey, that was almost dangerous. Spooky noises. But then again, I think that's generally what happens with the travel. And I was, of course, looking forward to getting back home. And I miss my dog, Juno. And I uh, had Juno boarded with a family. And uh, did well. Perfectly fine. She's she's perfectly Juno. 
uh, through and through. Although there was a little bit of an incident in that Juno is earning her uh, namesake as the Greek goddess of goddesses, a wife to Jupiter. Pretty much. Uh, what's the word I'm gonna look for? Well, Jupiter is a jerk. For those of you who know your Greek mythology, Jupiter is a jerk. Constantly cheating on Juno behind her back with mere mortals and then turning them into cows and hiding them under rocks and things. But, uh, uh, and yeah, Juno was the one putting, putting her foot down, taking control of things and doing things wrong. Uh, and uh, Juno, the dog, the cattle dog here, uh, doesn't take no guff from nobody. <laughs> and there was another dog being boarded at the house and most of the time they seemed to pretty much ignore each other, really. Uh, but uh, I guess there was an, a, a little bit of a tiff that went on and uh, Jupiter, Jupiter, <laughs> Juno got a little bit of a bite on her paw and was limping around when I got her. Um, probably probably would have been fine just to let her, her heal, but took her to the vet. There was nothing. I was kind of worried about it being broken or dislocated or something, but everything was fine. Uh, just put her on some uh, medication for to prevent, make sure it doesn't get infected because it was a little bit swollen uh, and a little bit of painkiller for the next few days. Uh, and today she's a little bit of a, a limp and certainly favoring it, but doing 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 fine. Um, just Juno, Juno as she's always been. So that's fine. Speaking of twisting ankles, Kavalovai. Um. So yeah, that's the only kind of story outside of uh, outside of the uh, Far Lands or Bust stuff here. You, sh you should see the other dog, though. No, I don't know. Uh, apparently, Juno. Gave her a good scratch on her nose, which I noticed now. This is I noticed since I got Juno is that she herself has a scar on her nose. So I think she's she got into some scraps herself out on the mean streets of Texas or wherever she was astray. Uh, she has a, a good gouge kind of across the top of her nose. Nice battle scar. She looked quite festive in her wrapping paper. Yeah, the family was sending me pictures of Juno. Uh, while I was away. So yeah, I felt pretty confident, other than now, probably a good idea to board her without other dogs in the house. Uh, so that'll be a, a certainly a thing we'll be keeping an eye on in the future until we can ourselves work on uh, socializing, I suppose. Proper, proper socializing around other dogs. But yeah, let's go to sleep, and in the morning... This episode, I would like to dedicate to uh, kind of looking back at some of the, the really memorable games we played in 2017. So let's do that. And awakeness. Ooh, and I need a new uh, helmet for 2018, don't I? All right. Bloink, there you go. Let's continue on. Oh, I need uh, wood. I definitely need wood. Might as well grab some some wool while I'm at it. But yeah, uh, 2017 was not a great year for 
a lot of people and uh, for 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 a lot of countries <laughs> even entire nations but uh, for myself also personally it was a bit of a curveball uh, and maybe I'll talk more about the like the personal side of 2017 uh, to the very shallow degree that I tend to get personal here on the Twitches and YouTubes uh, in the next episode. But this episode, I want to talk about the video games we played, because after all, is this not a video game channel taking place within a video game? Hmm? Hmm? Gotta, gotta keep with my uh, categorizations. Gotta hit those, hit those hashtags and, and, and trending, trending topics. So I'm not really gonna do like a, ooh, top 10 games of 2017. Some of these games came out before 2017. Some of these games aren't even technically out yet. Just games games that I played in 2017 or even that I uploaded or streamed in 2017 that, that, that kind of I thought were really, really good or noteworthy. And of course, what would be my top game of 2017 would be Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice because... Obviously, I played it three times. I, I rarely, I rarely play games, story-based games, uh, more than once through. Uh, unless it's a Tomb Raider game or, or something like that. Uh, or more recently, Driver San Francisco. Uh, certainly not three times through within like a span of two months. <laughs> so, yeah, Hellblade, I, I guess I can begin by saying, like, just looking at it as a video game, like tearing it down and kind of removing ourselves from, I suppose, the uh, more in-depth aspects of it. As a video game, maybe not completely amazing, right? Maybe not, you know, certainly not innovative in its in its mechanics, uh, its its storytelling or or, or combat. But I think the reason it's important to me personally is I it's a type of game I never would have expected myself getting into, right? I when I first saw it, I, it grabbed my attention. When I first saw the trailers, but I was like, oh, it's like a hacky slashy. Uh, I started to associate it with those uh, super difficult uh, like Dark Souls type of uh, third person fighting games, and. It didn't. I almost was like, that looks neat, but I'll probably pass on it. it you know, it's given me some like Witcher vibes or, or you know, whatever. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad I ended up looking at it. Of course, it was also important industry wise because it's kind of maybe one of the first, if not the first, like what you call double A games, if you want to still stick to the indie triple A slash, you know characterization of video games, which may not be entirely useful or accurate. Uh, but Hellblade was developed independently of a publisher, so therefore it could be classified an indie game. It was developed by a developer who has worked on many AAA games before, uh, but only as under the wing of a, of a full-fledged developer. Um, so yeah, it, it, and, and the fact that they did it on like a limited budget... They had a lot of funds left over from their previous work that went into it, which a lot of indie developers don't kind of have their disposal of. Uh, but just kind of the quality of it, the graphics, certainly the best-looking game I've played in 
a couple years even, uh, much better looking than the newer Tomb Raider games, uh, which seem to have a little bit of a, a cartoony aspect to them, it, it seems, uh, or even comic book aspect to them, whereas Hellblade... Realistic, sure, sure, and certainly the vast majority of the graphics went into the main character model and uh, facial expressions and, and the depth of that character. But special effects, the uh, the sound design, I'm 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 a big appreciator of sound design, and I don't know that it is perhaps used enough in video games recently. And it was above and beyond what I could have expected with with Hellblade. The voices. Um, we in the third time I played it, I, I I made my way through the darkness level by actually closing my eyes, just following the both the sounds and, and the rumble. The rumble is in my tumblies. No, the rumble uh, in the uh, the controller was able to make my way for the through the initial part of that maze, which was a uh, an interesting experience. Um, but yeah, it it just kind of it took me back how invested I got into the game, and I, it, it's even hard for me to explain now. <laughs> I mean, it certainly it certainly ticked all the boxes that I should have known. Okay, it's got some of these walking sim elements to it. You could say uh, it's it's a third person, strong female protagonist. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the uh, the Tomb Raider series. And, and stuff of that sort. So there was that involved. Uh, very good soundtrack. Uh, I mean, uh, score, music, score, and um, the story, the whole mental health aspect of it, and the way they did their best to visualize and kind of immerse the player into the psychosis of the main character. I think that's I think that's my biggest problem in video games, and I've mentioned this before, is getting is getting myself immersed as as the character. I often play video games as video games. Uh, you know, ooh, the blocks are doing this, or okay, this you know, crossing over this invisible threshold triggers the next boss, uh, which that was certainly part of what was going on in Hellblade. But the fact that I got immersed in the character probably a lot thanks to the realism of the character but also the, the sound design it just felt like it was happening in my brain um, as as kind of a whole experience uh, i think once a game does that that that's pretty easy to keep me hooked in a video game which which doesn't happen too often uh, i end up kind of staying on the outside of that bubble and end up seeing, like the like recent Tomb Raider games, uh, there were so many mechanics, and there were so many little crafting recipes and power-ups and, and, and credits to spend on increasing this, that, or the other, that I just got caught up in the numbers and the, uh, the, uh, the gaming aspect of it that I never got put into the actual foot the foots, the uh, the shoes of of the main character. Of course, there's a whole lot of weight and, and you know backstory and uh, stuff that I have relating around the Tomb Raider series. But uh, but yeah, Hellblade just did all that stuff really well. And even if we did run into a few bugs early on in the early playthroughs, 
Um, certainly none, none that were uh, heavily armed, <laughs> kicking ourselves across the map sort of bugs uh, or anything like that. So yeah, Hellblade, definitely my favorite, my top game of the year. Uh, I still really wish, I don't know that they will be spending any more time on it, but I really wish they would release some sort of survival mode where you can just jump into the combat. The co I'm surprised I got into the combat as much as I do. I hate fighting games, uh, like the, the, you know, the versus fighting games, your Street Fighters and uh, uh, Mortal Kombat style, those type of games where combos go into each other. Um, so that's why I was a little bit cautious about this, but it's it's simple, but also complicated enough that achieving certain things feels like an accomplishment. Uh, and it, if you're having an angry day, I just wish I, I could load in a, a level of combat in Hellblade and just beat the crap out of some 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 bad Vikings. That would be pretty cool. It's just like a, a nice little stress relief even. <laughs> it's like Argh. Oh yeah, Hellblade. I'm sure there's stuff I'm, I'm forgetting even to mention about Hellblade. Uh, I ended up doing even a cos which is above and beyond I've done for any video game, but kind of a cosplay for Halloween of Hellblade, which was fun and enjoyable. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot more I could say about it. But that was, uh, my top game of 2017. And I think I said on, like, my final, uh, my third playthrough, I was talking about... Or maybe the second playthrough. Like, jeez, look at, like, the original Tomb Raider. <laughs> In 20 years, we went from that to, to this, just looking at the character model. It's like... It's a it, it's it's a whole new world of, of video game realism. Indeed. So yeah, let's talk about all the other games we played. This might have to turn into a four-day for Minecraft Day episode, because I talked a lot about Hellblade, didn't I there, Wolfie? Uh so let's do that in the morning. <laughs> And a hellbladeness indeed. I almost I almost named my dog Senua. That was on the list of possible names. Which I would have never done like off of like a video game or any sort of pop culture thing. Senua. Um I suppose that there were a few dogs I was looking at that I saw that had that kind of face mask over the eyes look. That was a lot more prominent that I feel like that would have fit for, but Juno fits Juno. I'm happy with that name. So another game that I thought would be right up there with the top games that I didn't think would be when I first purchased it or first started playing it. Everything. Everything. This is made by... Uh, what's his name? Something O'Reilly. I forgot his first name. Same guy who made Mountain, which is, if you remember, is that little... Ooh, look at this place. Gotta go into that tunnel. Uh, it's just it was almost just a little desktop toy, even that you just could sit around and look at your mountain as stuff happened to your mountain. It was really brought up in the the argument of this isn't a game sort of thing. Um, 
So I was almost expecting that same depth. Okay, maybe we're not gonna go through uh, this tunnel. <laughs> just, just saying, just saying. Maybe I'm not going to. Very brave. See, so yeah, when I started playing everything, even just like actually starting to play everything, and like, what did we start out as? A wolf or a cow or something? And the way they the animals moved, they didn't walk, but they rolled forward, head over heels, around everywhere. I'm like, okay, this is silly and goofy, and we're gonna play this for like 30 minutes, and it's gonna be like, oh, that was interesting, but we're done. Eight hours later, <laughs> eight hours later, it's it's just a uh, another one of those games that ticked all the boxes more completely in the walking simulator universe simulator everything simulator sort of mind-blowing series of moments and science all the science even in that uh it was really like a game for kurt j mac wasn't it and yeah it was one of those games that i didn't expect but as we slowly started to unravel the layers it just got deeper and deeper and larger and larger and smaller and smaller and was just by the end of it i'm like that that was an experience that actually it's almost sad we cannot have have again with such with with you know the the without knowing what's going to happen with the the experience of the first time playthrough and i can just like think of the different moments like you know, oh, we're we're the wolf, and then we start getting bigger and bigger, and then we're like, oh, can we actually like be a you know look at look at a planet or whatever? And then boing, you're outside and you're a planet and a galaxy and stuff, and then you get smaller and smaller and smaller, and you can be, you know, little amoebas, and and I'm like, are there tardigrades here? And sure enough, you're the tardigrade, and then even smaller, and that like the one moment that like there are many moments, but one of the moments that really like. Was like whoa. Was when we made when we first spoiler alert. I guess if you haven't played the game, but when we when we first folded through into the another another dimension, um, when we got, I think we did it. Can't remember. Oh, we we kept getting bigger. That's right. I remember we kept getting bigger and bigger, and then we were stars and and clusters and galaxies, and and I'm just like, well, how how much bigger can we get? Could we be a universe? And then we folded through. We didn't realize we folded through into the geometry level, I suppose you can call it. The, uh, where we're, I'm like, oh, are these like different universes? Are these different dimensions and stuff? And then it turned out that we'd actually folded through to the smaller dimension because then we popped out as a molecule, you know, as like an electron and then a molecule and then we were like under ice on a like alien planet and that was like, whoa, whoa, that was like a complete folding of our minds that happened right there. So that was an amazing moment. But also, also just the fact that we played that game. How long did we play that game? Like five hours or so the first time through? There were a few people who complained about the length that I just uploaded it as a full experience on YouTube. Um, but I feel like that that was necessary to upload it as a full five-hour video on YouTube. Because if you say only watch that first 30 minutes, you would have thought what I originally thought. 
in that. Oh, this is a dopey little game where you can turn into everything on the on the map and you roll around as a cow or a monkey or a rock or a flower or whatever, and that's it. But the whole experience preserves those unravelings of the layers that, that we experienced in real time. Uh, but the fact that we played for five hours and then we let the game play itself for a while and ended up in the uh, kind of the upside-down realm where where there were cones and, and uh, buses and uh, chairs and, and there was a, the video game everything within everything and then we played everything within everything um, and we had to sort of make our way out of there to because that was like we were starting to get egged on and on is like oh you're stuck in here you got to get out you can't get out this is you cannot you're, it's impossible to get out of this dimension and once we finally what after five hours when we finally escaped the crazy backwards where there's no sense or order to the universe when we finally escaped back to our original spawn point is when we got the title screen of the game <laughs> and that was the best that was like an amazing gaming moment right there we've we've ventured to different universes as quarks and electrons and galaxies and spacecraft and alien planets and then five hours later you can start playing the game now welcome to everything <laughs> that was amazing oh that was fantastic I suppose I like my one kind of like eh about it although I, I understand its purpose there uh, were the uh, what, what's his name we had the voiceover moments from um oh you know the philosophical lectures that were very existentially based you know everything's connected everything thinks it's the center of the universe it's a person um they i understand why they were there because that was the general theme of the entire game uh, but I, I, I personally, since I personally think those are a, a, those are a bit far out, man. Those are a bit far out, man, uh, and, and probably a bit wishy-washy for my personal understanding of the universe. Alan Watts, thank you very much. The Alan Watts lectures, um, a lot of them made sense in the context of when we were playing the game. But if if you were to just separate those from the moments in the game, it'd be like. What is this guy smoking? You know, it's like this is okay. I I understand, but you're getting a little bit you're getting a little bit out of left field there, my friend. Let's let's maybe not try to make this about you know some sort of where's where's my boats? I don't have any boats. Some sort of uh, deeper meaning to everything in the universe and blah 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 that I might find a bit much. <laughs> It'll be a bit much, and and it's kind of presented as I think my problem with it is it's kind of presented as science when it's not. It's that's philosophy. That's very philosophy. But everything, yeah, definitely. If we hadn't played Hellblade, everything would have been top there. Uh, we played Inside. Inside was was yet another good puzzling, platforming, side-scrolling game from the makers of uh, the game I'm always forgetting when I come to this point of needing to remember it. <laughs> um, uh, that that one with with the kid. <laughs> oh man, why do I always forget? Limbo, thank you. 
Limbo. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good one. Rhyme. Rhyme is another one of those that surprised me. I kind of thought I would enjoy it, but Rhyme, I think it went deeper than I thought it was going to go. Almost, you know, almost a little, some some parallels to uh, to Hellblade, honestly, with Rhyme. I really enjoyed Rhyme for an indie game uh, that it was. Uh, the, the art style, a very, you know, it almost seemed like a kid's game at first, and I was kind of like, oh, this could be fun and silly for a bit, uh, but much, much deeper than that of a, of a kid's game, and uh, it made me cry at the end. <laughs> so I think that means it was good. Um, so yeah, Rhyme was a very, very good game. I would definitely recommend Rhyme as well. Uh, and of course, Astroneer. We we played. Astroneer was out before. It came out just in in, in December of 2016, didn't it? So Astroneer is definitely still in development. But Astroneer is a game that kind of reignited that sort of sandbox astronaut experience that we had a lot with Kerbal Space Program and games like that. Uh, and I'm glad that Astroneer exists. And I'm still holding out a bit. I'm still holding out a bit on returning too soon to Astroneer before we have some new stuff to explore there. I know they recently just announced that, uh, I don't, I only need one bed, what are you doing? Uh, that they, they're out of pre-alpha and into alpha, so actually the, the, the main core functionality engine of the game exists, uh, and from now on it's, it's content that they're adding to the game. So looking forward to that indeed. And I will be right back for the fourth day of episode 669 of Farlands or Busts. And awakeness. And awakeness indeed. Right, Wolfie? Yeah. So yeah, Astroneer certainly kind of... Sparked, reignited, reignited, reignited that fire of doing stupid, crazy sandbox stuff in a game that lets you do stupid, crazy sandbox stuff. Like, let's dig to the center of the planet. Let's let's dig through the moon and try to jump through the tunnel to see what happens when we pass by the core, uh, and just goofy, crazy stuff like that. Um, and uh, you know, a, another game of of moments. A lot. Of, I don't know if it's my own personality has changed, but a lot of these sandbox games, or 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 build it yourself games, or deconstruct it yourself games, it takes so much work to get to the point. You know, like Space Engineers, or uh, there's like three other games that are all space sandbox games that I uh, people have asked if I'm going to play. Um, uh, you know, even to the point of like your Factorios and those sort of things. They just take so much grinding to get to the point of, hey, let's see what happens if we dig through the planet, uh, that I f- I f- I'm glad that Astroneer isn't. There's there's obviously getting, getting through and tooled up and uh, powered up to be comfortable with doing those sort of things, but it wasn't... It wasn't annoying. <laughs> it, you know, it, it wasn't like we had to wait... We could theoretically have started digging to the center of the planet right from the first day, but it obviously helps to have a bunch of resources and 
solar panels and power and uh, things at your disposal that make that a little bit quicker. So, yeah, you know, you guys know that I'm not a fan of the complicated sandbox games where it just... And, and even Astroneer is kind of adding a little bit more progression to it because it, at first, the first time we played through it might have been too easy. We We researched all the things pretty quickly. Which was fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're also adding a little bit more depth to that system as well. But uh, but yeah, Astrid Ear certainly one we're keeping an eye on. And and yet another surprise of the year of 2017. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. There's not much I can say about it that hasn't been said already. Uh, I bought it, played it for a bit. I uninstalled it because it made me angry and sad. Um, but then I reinstalled it and started playing it the way... Kirk Mac should play it in that, not the right way, but my way. He did it my way and whatnot and stuff. <laughs> oh, musical numbers. So yeah, Battlegrounds. Battlegrounds. The pacifist runs. The oopsie strats. Repo man mode. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff indeed. And yeah, that's uh, another one I'm looking forward to continuing playing. Perhaps not with the same ferocity that we have in the past, but that's one that's like, we can we can go back to this and we can keep playing this. And I know it, in of itself, is on a lot of top ten lists for the year. But yeah, Battlegrounds was a good time. Yeah, once I was able to get over the anxiety I don't like competitive games, I don't like versus games, I don't like massively online multiplayer games. I don't like shooting games, because I don't like guns in general. Uh, but this this was a nice, I feel like it's, it's found, it, uh, for me, a nice balance of how can we make this fun in our own way when we make it not about being MLG Pro Strats 360 no-scope headshot Let's learn all about these different guns that are dumb and stupid that we don't care about. You know, let's, you know, let's just hop in a car and see how far we can jump it. Indeed. And yeah, Cone just said in the chat here that uh, PUBG is responsible for kind of bringing some communities together. Certainly, I found out about it through uh, Justin, who I knew from CoStar. Uh, and then ended up playing a little bit with Justin, playing a little bit with Ko. Uh, and I think from from that, uh, Jamie, my friend Calamity Jamie, uh, and her friend Kate started playing it. And now Kate's a big PUBG streamer on, on Twitch and stuff. And uh, yeah, it kind of, it, it did indeed have a viral outbreak, I suppose, if I want to use a gross term, of uh, bringing together a bunch of communities that were previously all separate or for myself and friends and things, but yeah. PUBG. PUBGA. And that's also another game of, like, moments that are, are memorable moments. Maybe not the entire experience. As opposed to, say, Hellblade, I feel like the entire experience as a whole is, is what mattered with Hellblade. Um... PUBG is, is definitely a game of moments. And obviously, certainly the way I play the game as a 
broadcaster. Um, more so than just somebody who plays the game for fun or whatever on their own. Uh, let's see here. I also have a small list of notable notables. Just honorable mentions of games we played. Wild Eternal. It was a good game and a fun game to stream. And it had that potential of rhyme. Uh, that sort of rhyme storyline. Emotional backstory. Had those walking simulator elements. But it fell short. <laughs> it fell very short. Specifically at the end when uh, it didn't end because they were still working on it, but maybe they abandoned it. They're not sure. They're gonna see how it goes. Uh, so that was that was sad. That was sad for us, but I enjoyed the time we had with it right up until the end. Uh, I don't regret playing it, even though it left a little bit of a sour note. But uh, yeah, certainly Wild Eternal. What else? Ravenfields is a game we're looking forward to the uh, continued development of. Kind of another one like Astroneer. I'm staying away from until they add a significant amount of stuff that we can have uh, a new experience with. Ravenfields is kind of the the single-player PUBG that you can enjoy whenever you'd like. Submerged. Better than Wild Eternal, because it was a complete experience. Not as good as Rhyme or Hellblade, but submerged. Very, again, similar elements. A little bit too much collect the charms on the map sort of gameplay for me. But uh, it's a good, good, good way to spend a couple streams playing that. The, uh, the Morphites, which is a game I didn't upload to YouTube. Uh, it's pretty much a, a fun version of a fun indie version of uh, No Man's Sky that had like a story kind of there were a lot of holes in the story and the voice acting was fun to make fun of uh, but we actually I enjoyed more fights it was a, a good game to play and I would definitely recommend it just kind of a short not a too short we had like 12 14 hours in the game uh, but open university but uh, yeah I think I, I think I liked that quite a bit. More fights. And of course, games that have been out for a while, but I feel like in 2017 they really took the next step of like, oh, okay, this is where they're going with this and I like it. Uh, BeamNG.Drive, uh, of course, became less of a weird, like, developer tool <laughs> that you could just play around with. It almost felt like... I am a video game creator and I'm going to use this tool to do something. Um, and now it actually has like a user interface. Not a great one, but an actual user interface. And uh, a lot easier to uh, implement uh, player uh, user-made mob mods and maps and cars and things and scenarios. Um, has a campaign mode. Uh, so much so that our friend Vintage Beef over on his channel has started playing it. Or has played it. <laughs> uh, let's let's be cautious there. Uh, I'm a little bit worried that he might think there's more game, game, quote-unquote game there than actually is. Uh, so perhaps we'll need to, to guide him in the ways of the busto towards the Sunship's place. Uh, I'm not sure. I've never really seen Beef play like a purely other than Minecraft. Which I don't know if I'd call Minecraft a sandbox game anymore, but purely sandbox game where 
the content and enjoyment has to come from the player as opposed to from the game. Um, but yeah, BeamNG Drive, and, and surprisingly, with their dedicated team of developer, Wreckfest, previously known as Next Car Game. Wreckfest, this mo- you're right under the wire, this last update actually turned it into the makings of a game. Uh, a good amount of, of content that was added, cars, a career mode that I actually started playing through, and I'm like, this is like a legitimate career mode. Um, I, I didn't have time to, to join Cone and the crew with Wreckfest, but it seems like the multiplayer experience is a bit more reliable. Not completely reliable, but a bit more reliable and a, an enjoyable experience. So yeah, Wreckfest I'm very much looking forward to. Wolfie, come on down here! We ran out of time! We ran out of time. Somebody wanted me to talk about the other game we played on YouTube. Formula One 2016. Maybe I'll save that for a later date. We had fun playing that, but not because of the game. <laughs> Maybe not because of the game. But yeah, Formula One is another game we played, right Wolfie? Right Wolfie? Will we see you in 2018? Woof! Woof indeed. Got to put a light on for you. There you go. Indeed. But, uh, really quickly, games I'm looking forward to playing in 2018. Mostly indie games. Uh, there's a game called Inner Space. Inner Space. That is when I first learned of them, like, two packs Souths ago. Three packs south ago. I think that was when we had the booth. No, that was two then. No, three. Yeah, well, we had the Mindcrack booth. I walked over. Inner Space is kind of being billed as like a walking simulator, but flight. And instead of like a planet being the surface of the planet, it's like inverse, <laughs> where the surface is inside the globe. It's like a snow globe, and you're inside of it. But, uh, hard to explain, but I'm looking forward to that, and I've been in touch with the uh, developer and their PR department and stuff, and keeping track of when they're going to come out with the playable uh, beta or alpha or whatever of that that we can take a look at. Inner Space. There is going to be a new Ace Combat game. Not saying I'm going to jump on that right off the bat, but I'm keeping an eye on it. I think it comes out on PC as well, which is a reason to keep an eye on it. A game I wish I could have played is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Maybe a bit on the Tomb Raider slash Witcher style of, of, of gameplay versus, versus Hellblade, but that seemed like an interesting game that is only available on the PlayStation, which I do not have. Uh, there's another indie game called Dead Static Drive. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but it's got kind of a cool isometric-looking driving survival zombie game thing, which seems cool. And finally, a game that I'm planning on playing on New Year's Day, which has been asked of me for quite a while. Soma. <laughs> S-O-M-A. Soma. And only because they recently released a safe mode where the monster doesn't kill you. 
which whoa, the monster doesn't kill you. What are you? What are you? What are you? Scaredy cat? No, but Soma is one of these games where like, oh, don't look at the monster or your game is over. And those, you know, those sort of horror games where you can't fight back have always been the most frustrating things for me, which is why I never play them. It's not because I'm I don't like horror uh, or, or games like that. Uh, it's just that those game mechanics, I feel like, are lazy and uh, thoroughly annoying. Uh, so now that they've introduced the safe mode, my New Year's Day stream, announcing it now. Slap, slap. Soma. We're going to jump into Soma, the safe mode of Soma. It's going to be a spoopy New Year, New Year Day. And I appreciate each and every one of you for following along with Far Lands or Bust here in 2017. I know, like I said, it wasn't the most traditional <laughs> Far Lands or Bust year that we've had, but uh, as we work into the new year, and like I said, episode 671 seems like a good one to uh, start working up towards uh, announcing the uh, the charity stuff so we can get back into that and get back into taking questions from donors to charity. And uh, I, I very much appreciate uh, everybody who's joined me on Twitch. Uh, and uh, started to enjoy the streams there and support there. That's much appreciated. And everybody who's stuck around on Patreon, uh, I very much appreciate each and every one of you, even if you're just hanging out. Um, you're all you're all part of the Farlander crew, and I'm I'm very excited to work into the new year and 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 beat up some some more evil dead Viking. Creatures and and gods and goddesses and things and just resist all of all of their anger and turn it into 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 love. Yeah, that's hey that that's this is a good quote to end the year on, taken from Star Wars: The Last Jedi. It's not it's not about defeating what you hate, but protecting what you love. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Kurtz. I will see you next time. <laughs>